Nasty Podcast. Three, two, one, and we're rolling. Welcome to the Danny Nasty Podcast. Today we're going to do things a little differently. I will be your host, Lee Evans, and we are going to be interviewing the man himself. This man has interviewed so many great people, and I've had the honor of meeting them and doing the interviews with him. He's brought out their stories. So what better time is there to get into him and his story and what he has going on? So today we're going to do some exploring, ask some questions, and just find out what's going on in the crazy brain of the man himself, Danny Nassi. So without further ado, let's get it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, Lee? I'm so excited about season two, man. It's been a hot minute, but we're back here at my home away from home, Jambox Entertainment Studios. I love it here, man. Thank you so much. That was such a warm welcome and, you know, just the way I want to come back into season two. Um, I'm just really happy, man. Thank you so much. That's awesome. That's awesome. And season one is phenomenal, and it's available on all platforms where you listen to your podcast. Just put in Danny Nasty Podcast. You'll hear some incredible stuff. But here we go. So, Danny Nasty. Um, so, why did you decide to come back to recording your podcast and do a second season? You know, it's crazy. I did the first season a couple of years ago, and unexpectedly... I had thousands of listeners and I, and I say that like in a super humble way. And, uh, I really just didn't expect to have that many people listening in. Um, but I think to be honest with you, you know, I got busy, you know, I was working and, you know, also I wasn't sure, like, are people really feeling it, you know, and little by little, like every time that I was out or any time I was with a client or any time I was with a friend or any time, you know, I bumped into someone that may have known me from social media. They kept on asking me, yo, where's your podcast? Where's your podcast? And so it took me a long time to receive the idea that my podcast was good and that people were really listening to me and people were really liking it and, you know, not just gassing me up. And then finally, I think it just it just got to the point where so many people were just like, yo, you got to get back on your podcast. I listen to it. I love it that I just made the decision. And the truth is, I'm like super passionate about it. And I really love doing this. And obviously, I love real estate. But if I had my choice to do one or the other, there's no question in my mind that I would choose to do this for a living because I love it that much. That's awesome. That's awesome. And with the podcast, you get to share so much knowledge, you know, from so many distances different sources. So that's a great thing. Now, what is going to be different, Danny, about this season versus the last season? I think, you know, first of all, last season was an awesome season. It was my first time really, you know, getting into the studio and recording a podcast. And the whole purpose of last season was to really stay real estate focused and to really interview people that were in my industry and how they went from zero to hero. And I just wanted to create a space where people can come um, you know, tap in, listen to these conversations that I'm having with people that are just ultra successful. And instead of having to pay for that information, but, you know, really having the opportunity to be able to listen to what these people have said and what they have done and otherwise would have never had the opportunity to sit down and talk to and really see if they can learn something from it, take a seat of benefit out of it and use it in a positive way towards their life. Now, this season is completely different because, well, first of all, uh, it's an all-female cast this year, you know, and I decided that I wanted to only interview female role models that were comfortable with themselves, that were open, that were honest, sincere, and really didn't have anything to hide when they came into the studio. And the purpose of me doing that was because I wanted to dedicate this season to my daughters. You know, I want them to be able to fall back on these interviews and be like, you know what, I can, I can, I can take some inspiration. I can take ideas. I can take anything out of this. Uh, anytime I'm in a rut or anytime I feel like I'm, you know, going through an obstacle that I want to overcome, I can listen to the stories of these ladies, you know, that I got to interview this year. But also, you know, in addition to that, not to give you a long answer, you know, I've, I've, I've always felt like I'm authentic and I always felt like I'm real. And I think last season, I felt that way about myself a couple of years ago. But, you know, after self-reflection and after a couple of years have gone by, I feel like I can really do a much better job being much more honest and being much more authentic and being much more genuine. And I think the ladies that I had the opportunity to interview this season, um, 
really gave you a sense of, you know, don't worry about what their successes are. Don't worry about like how they went from zero to here. Really just tune in and listen to the people, listen to their story. I mean, the stories we've heard this season, you and me, Lee, are wow. crazy, you know? So I think it's really important for people to tune into the person, not to, you know, what they've accomplished. And I think that's what's really going to yeah. resonate with people. Wow, that's that's amazing. That's really amazing. Now, are there any, like, just quick standouts that we've done as far as, like, uh, uh, interviews? Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's every interview we've had, there's been something that's stood out of it. Like, for example, like, when we interviewed Best Freeman CEO of, you know, Brown Harris Stevens, I was... I was taken back and excited about, you know, how honest she was. And, and uh, you know, there was a few moments in our interview where she allowed herself to be really vulnerable and really personal and really open. So that sticks out to me. And, you know, when we interviewed Olivia, you know, past cheerleader for the San Francisco 49ers, published author of a, you know, poetry book and, you know, cancer survivor three times and, you know, speaking to her and, and, and her story and what she went through. I mean, that sticks out. You think of Christy Hall, her friend, you know, really like, you know, rolled the dice on love and, and, and really sacrificed everything to move in with someone that sticks out. You think of uh, Sage Dyer, right? This is the daughter of Wayne Dyer. This yeah. is somebody I've read 21 of his books and somebody that I turn to, you know, when I need to feel good and, and his daughter. And I never mentioned his name because um, I guess I have my own hangups. You know, I have a successful father and I never wanted to be in that shadow. She obviously doesn't care, but um, you know, she just stands on her own two feet. And I honestly, like after that interview, I had my own shift mentally that really put me in a much more positive place just based on that interview with her. And I think of um, Cherie Hinson, you know, the thing that stuck out to me most about her story was, you know, coming out of the standard and getting mm -hmm. robbed at gunpoint mm -hmm. and kidnapped. This is like a crazy successful real that, estate. That broker. was a crazy story. Yes. You know, yep. you think of uh, Pam Renna, another published author that was in here, entrepreneur. You think about her, you know, tenacity and also her, um, you know, her ability to allow herself to be vulnerable. I mean, there's just too many stories to count. So I think when people get into this season and listen to these stories, I think this is our best work. Like, I definitely, like, I feel so passionate about this season. I feel like this is so different than last year. And I really, really put my heart and soul into this season. And I really feel like people are going to hear these stories and understand why. You know, that's something that I really notice uh, working with you, Danny, is that um, you do come from the heart, and this allows uh, people that they, they, you know, the guests may come in and they may at first be a little uncomfortable, but then just sitting and speaking with them, you know, a couple of minutes, it's, you seem to have such a disarming uh, personality that they get open and they, they just open themselves up and then they just kind of pour out their stories to you and that's what it's all about because it's coming from the heart of them they're not trying to makeshift things in their mind you know they're you know they're just really pouring out what they've been through and you have that ability to bring these stories out of them no thank you, you so know? much and that's great i really but, i really appreciate what yeah, you're saying yeah. and uh i feel what you're saying you know when i have these people in front of me all my life it's kind of a gift that i've had is like i could really feel you know what the person in front of me is going through it's almost it, it's it's intuitive what i feel and i think the people that come in can feel that also but one thing i wanted to mention about this season which was a great addition is you lee you know we have you know we're in your beautiful studio you know you're the owner the operator the engineer here and you have a very special energy that you bring to the table and you have a it's a completely different perspective and dynamic to the things that you say. So I love the questions that you ask. I love the energy that you bring and the way you make people feel. And I think together we just created the perfect storm this season of just getting in there and having a good time and also getting what we want out of it, you know? Yeah, dynamic duo, baby. That's it. That's what we do. <laughs> you know how we do. <laughs> That's what we do. But um, let me ask you now, what what are you really getting out of doing these recordings, you know, by doing the Danny Nasty podcast, what's, what's in it for you? You know, I think what's in it for me is I'm really about love. You know, I'm really about communication and I'm really about just having the human connection. And I'm really about 
finding a way in my life to serve others, you know, through God, through the universe, through whatever you believe in, you know. I always say a quick prayer before I get in here, and I always, you know, I always ask the universe and God to, you know, speak through me so we can get through to as many people as we can. I just think there's a lot of people out there, you know, that that go through their struggles, and I think the thing that we lacked last season versus this season is we don't really spend time, you know, talking about the hardships. We don't really spend time talking about the challenges that people go through. You know, we really just hear like the success story. We don't really right. hear the grimy shit right. and, and like right. the hard times and, you know, where you where you have cancer or you have a death in the family or, you know, you think about Dana Randall when we had her in here and she had, you know, she woke up one day and half her face was paralyzed. You know what I'm saying? Like how the fuck did she get through that and then all of a sudden you know be able to also build a business around that i mean these are really really yeah, special yeah people. yeah what a comeback story with that huh yeah it was insane yeah it's crazy so let me ask you now what what are the messages that you're trying to convey i think yeah. the messages that i'm really trying to convey this season and to anyone that's listening is that i really want you to know that you're not alone that's number one and number two i want you to know that like you know, in today's world with social media, with Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you know, it's really hard to separate what's real versus what's not real. You know, we see everyone's best representative, you know, stepping forward when we see these, you know, reels of their lives. But the truth is, is like, that's not true. What's real is like, it's not always on the up and up, you know, for the most part, a lot of it is struggle. A lot of it is, you know, is clawing your way through like really hard emotional situations and, 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 you know, navigating through, you know, people that might have a negative influence on you that you thought had a positive influence on you and, you know, getting through these different types of obstacles and overcoming them. So I want people to understand, like, if you're coming to the nasty podcast and you're going to be tuning in, you're going to hear true stories. You're going to hear the real story. You're going to, you're going to, I want you to really just listen to the people because if you can listen to the people and how they navigated through whatever obstacles and challenges that came, you know, for them to get to where they wanted to go, then you'll understand that, look, it's not easy. You know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. You know, it's not a hobby. Like people really have dreams that they want to achieve and they understand that they have to make sacrifices to make that happen but it's not going to happen without challenges and i want you to know that when you're listening to the nasty podcast and you're listening to the guests that come in here they're going to express to you what those challenges were so you know what to expect and you know maybe how to handle yourself and how to you know react to adversity you know what i'm saying that's that's what i want them to feel i just want them to know that this is an authentic place and like we all go through hard times i go through hard times like i've had a really Really good last two years in my business and honestly the last um, couple weeks you know we've gone through a stroke of bad luck and it happens and it's hard and it's not easy and you know and, and, and how you talk to yourself and, and, and how you come back and how you react to it and what actions you take to make things better so I just want you to know that like life isn't always easy life is hard and and it's okay you know it's how you perceive it it's how you look at it it's how you respond to it and by coming here and listening to the people and their stories, they can show you how to do that. You know, that's that's awesome, man. I think that, especially in today's climate, people need to uh, express themselves and not have to feel that they, they have to be a certain way. On, so, on social media, it's really all about image. It's not about being natural and being pure and being true and telling your story, you know. Um, so... So I think that you're hitting it right on the mark by giving, you know, this podcast, which is given a real, pure, and true, from the heart alternative to social media and to what's going on in the world. And the, you know what? There's a lot of competition out there, and there's a lot of noise, and there's a lot of podcasts, and then there's a lot of really good people that have really good podcasts that, you know, have really, uh, you know, earned the right to right. have a podcast and speak and, and be listened to. I'm not trying to be here to become famous or to become well-known or to have clout. I'm here because it's therapeutic for me, number one. And number two, it's really a place that I'm fond of connecting with people and then sharing their stories so I can help as many people as possible. That, that's that's all I want to do, you know? Like, I don't, I don't have... Uh, 
you know, I don't have anybody paying for this. I pay for this. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm coming here spending the time away from my family, spending the money to commute and take the train from, you know, from Brooklyn to come to Manhattan, you know, to pay for the studio time. Like, this is on my dime. And, and like, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, look at me. That's, that's not what I'm trying to say at all. I'm saying that I'm doing it because I believe in it. And I believe that, you know, if you come in and you tune in and you listen, then you're going you're gonna to feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you'll take something very valuable away from it. Yeah, right. That, so that's awesome. That's awesome. So just to switch up a little bit, uh, let's talk about. We started talking about um this just the state of people's minds, but what do you think about the state of New York City? Ah, uh, you know we've been <laughs> you know we've been going through it for the last couple of years. You know we've had, you know we've had COVID and. You know, now you're you we're rolling into, you know, seeing what's happening in Ukraine and the inflation and, you know, our borders and, you know, it feels a little chaotic. And I was talking to a past client of mine recently and what she said resonated with me. You know, she said to me, she's like, and she's a diehard New Yorker. She lives in the Beresford on the Central Park West, but she's been she's a true vintage New Yorker. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And she said to me, she said, you know what New York feels to me right now, Danny, baby? That's how she talks to me. I said, what's that, Sil? She said, well, she's like, it's like having a friend who's terminally ill that you love and that you have to take care of every day. You know, there's this sadness and there's, there's just this sense of having to put one foot after the other and keep on moving forward. I love New York. I've, I was a resident for over 20 years. I'm in the city every single day. Uh, it feels different to me. That doesn't mean I don't love it. It doesn't mean that I'm not crazy about it. It doesn't mean that I'm not passionate about it anymore. Um, I just think there's this big shift going on right now. And uh, I really hope that it goes back to the way it was, if not better than the way it was. What do you think, Lee? Well, I, I agree. I just don't really know if that's uh, the state of New York City uh, you know, alone, if that separate, if I could separate that from the state of the world, because you know, it's just we're going through so much here. You know, with the pandemic, and then we had the riots, and then we had the whole political BS, you know, bullshit that we went through, and then now, you know, just when we thought we were coming back, and you know, we got the Omicron variant, you know, and we're going through craziness with that you know now we got a war going on in ukraine and it's like one thing after another bam 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 so you know when that light comes at the end of the tunnel then i think then we'll kind of maybe get an idea or get a grip on what reality really is but right now it's just hard to say you know what's <laughs> yeah. you know what's going on with anything i just feel like you know? i feel like it changed so many people and it it, yeah. it really changed people's personalities and, and it changed for me like this this uh this feeling that i used to get and i know that that feeling is still there and i'm confident and i believe and i know that new york is going to thrive and come back to you know it's it's glory that it's always had and even better i'm, I'm sure of that if any place is going to survive it new york is going to yeah. survive it and i always want to be positive but i also i don't want to be bullshit either like you're asking me what i feel that's what i feel right now yeah, okay all you right know? So then let me ask you this. But I always then. believe in New York. I will yes. always put my money on New York. I will always bet on New York. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. So my next question then is uh, just like myself, you know, we were both residents of New York, Manhattan. You know, <laughs> what made you move to Brooklyn? Well, first things first, um, you know, I used to, I started spending some more time in Brooklyn, like five, six years ago. I was going out there more. I was seeing new developments. I was selling real estate and things like that. And every time I got off the train and I got out in Brooklyn, no matter what part of Brooklyn I was, I almost felt this sense of this, um, this release, like, like I can breathe and, uh, it smelled good and it was a little bit more quiet and, and, uh, a little bit more quaint and and the food and the people the people the people just the vibe the energy brooklyn's got its yeah. own energy but the number one reason always was i wanted to save money and i wanted more space so i must have been going at my girl for like four or five years i'm like yo we should move to brooklyn we should move to brooklyn she's like no 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 you know she's 
she was a big Manhattanite and you know my my daughters were still younger and you know you have to think about school. You got to think about their activities. It's not just like, hey, let's pick up and move to Brooklyn, which I had to understand. But, you know, you mentioned like as COVID came along and as, you know, the destruction of New York came along, um, you know, I never and I was living in the Gramercy area. I never felt um, fearful, you know, and there was a point where like I literally bought a knife for my girl and I put it and I said, put this in your bag. And I've been living in New York most of my adult life. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I've never felt like I needed to do that. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, I'd rather have you have something than nothing. And then it just got to the point where she was like, you know what? Maybe we should start looking at Brooklyn. And then as soon as she said that, I was just like, yo. I took her to Williamsburg. I took her to Greenpoint. I took her to downtown Cobble Hill, Carroll Gardens, wow. Park Slope. I showed her like every part of Brooklyn. And then finally we, um, we ended up at Park Slope. And she's like, I dig this. I like yeah. this. So... Um, you know, we did it in, you know, during COVID, we went in, we got ourselves a really good deal, nice yeah. COVID deal. What was the uh, deal maker in, um, in, in, Park, in Park Slope? What made you choose Park Slope over the other places? Because there's some great places in all of those areas that you mentioned. Yeah, I think for us, uh, number one, we found uh, this full floor in a brownstone. And if you don't know Park Slope, it's just flooded with beautiful brownstones and townhouses it's block after block avenue after avenue that's number one number two it's really friendly number three it's super central for us and it's very easy to get back and forth to manhattan number four i'm literally a block from prospect park west uh and prospect park so if you don't know prospect park the people who designed central park also designed prospect park mm. what i didn't know was that first of all it's beautiful second of all there's there's woods and there's paths and there's there's animals there's i'm telling you there's chipmunks turtles ducks <laughs> birds um it's just such a beautiful place to be and to have a dog and and to have a family yeah you know? and it's, wow. it's just so clean and beautiful there's so many nice restaurants there's so yeah. many cool like dive bars just all the stuff that we like to do is there yeah it's really 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 beautiful place to live it's like honestly i've never been this happy before in my life and um better late than never i'm just really happy to be a brooklyn resident i love brooklyn that's awesome that that is awesome so um just now flipping the script again uh you mentioned that you were going to dedicate this season to your daughters and it was going to be about women now why is that importance what is the importance of that you know i think it's important first of all you know i have a 14 year old i have a 12 year old um they've been through a lot over the last few years with covid and all the restrictions and you know all the different ideas that have uh, have come up since then and you know my wife she always worked and when she got pregnant with the first baby she you know, I said to her, I said, what do you want to do? I was like, do you want to be home or, you know, do you want to work? You know, I'll support whatever decision you want. And, you know, we were young for New York standards. And she said, I want to be home. I want to be a mom. And I think when you first make that decision as a woman, um, you don't really know what that means, especially if you've been in the workforce for a really long time to just, you know, to stop and your day becomes spending time with babies and kind of getting isolated and right. things like that. And so... Um, for a long time, you know, she felt as though her life didn't have significance, you know, like she would go out with other women or they'd go have coffee or cocktails. And she almost felt like she was embarrassed to say that she was a stay home mom, you know, and it's unfortunate because she always worked hard and she works even harder as a mom. So that always breaks my heart that she feels that way. But the best thing I can do is listen and be supportive and hug her and kiss her and tell her how much value and how much love and uh, how lucky we are that she's in that position. And she knows that now and she's gotten through that. And she understands that because it, I guess it is tough, you know, yeah. when you're, you know, surrounding yourself with all of these other successful people, success breeds success. So I'm sure that your wife's, uh, uh, the, the crowd that she, hung around with, you know, her, 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 her influence around her, you know, were very successful and very outgoing and, you know, our, our work and success-oriented people. So it was tough. It was a tough pill for her to swallow, right? Yeah, not only that, definitely. It's a very, very big pill to swallow. Not only that, like when you have little kids, you know, a lot of times they're just assholes. I'll be the first one to say it. Wow. And, you know, they have comments and they say things that they don't mean to be hurtful, but become hurtful because, um, you know, 
they'll, you know, they'll say things like, I never want to be home and be a stay home mom and things like that, you know? And, you know, it's heartbreaking because on one end, you know, I know how she feels on a professional level. And then on another end, I know how she feels as, you know, being home and being a mom and, you know, getting to do things a lot of moms don't get to do. So this, this was part of, you know, dedicating the season to my daughters was that I wanted them to really get a scope of all different types of female role models, whether they were singers and actors or whether they were executives or whether they're, you know, a published author of a book or, you know, or, or they own a, you know, their fashion designers or, or their stay-at-home moms. I wanted my daughters to hear from all aspects, and I wanted them to also learn to have respect for whatever decision those individuals made for their lives so they could understand, you know, how important and how wonderful their mom is also. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure, sure. That was a big part of it. Right, awesome. You know? Yeah, and that's a great That's a great thing. You know, maybe, maybe we could get... Uh your wife in here sometimes you know i was pushing it and you know she's very shy with these type of things so i said what if we get you know i asked i said what i said what if we get all the girls to come in and so she was thinking about it and then she was like no and then finally i think you know we haven't recorded it yet but I'm, my 14 year old had just accepted coming into the studio so we're gonna set her up as the last interview you know i'd love yeah. to get her perspective she's got a lot to say and yeah. I think it'd be a cool experience for us to get in here you know kind of see how she sees the world what she wants out of her life and you know see where you know where the conversation takes us you know yeah awesome yeah awesome great great okay now um I would imagine you do you want to continue well you kind of mentioned that you do want to continue the recording of your podcast moving forward right yeah you know I think ultimately for me is it's very important. Like, first of all, I love doing it and I want to continue to do it, but I also want to do it because people want to hear it and people want to listen to it and people find it helpful. So yes, I do want to do it. I want to continue doing it, but I want to continue doing it with people who are asking for it, you know, people who want to hear it. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like if people aren't into it and I'm not getting the same feedback I got a couple of years ago, then, you know, maybe my, you know, maybe my destiny to serve others and help other people is under a different avenue. I don't know. I hope not. All right. Okay. All right. So what are some of the challenges, you know, that come up with having your own podcast? I think the biggest challenge for me is, um, is really getting a guest list going, you know, is really getting the, the right type of person in here because, I think to have a really good interview and to have a really good talk and to really have the opportunity to connect with people, like for it to be in a meaningful way, is like not only do you have to be able to disarm the person that's in front of you, you know, like you mentioned earlier, I think the most important thing is that those people feel confident, comfortable, open, and vulnerable enough to share their story. And so that gets challenging sometimes because not everybody feels comfortable coming into a studio and pouring their heart out. So, um, the biggest challenge for me is really just the guest list is getting the guests here. And, and I don't, I don't need like people who are super successful or people, you know, who have a big brand name. I love talking to people that have created success. I also love talking to people who are in the process of it. I also love talking to people who, you know, who had shit going on and, and everything got fucked up and now they're just, they have no idea what they want to do or where they want to go, but they just know that they have to continue moving forward and going up. I think those are the real stories. I don't think the real stories just lay with the people that have become millionaires and billionaires and have these crazy good stories. Do I love sharing those stories? Hell yeah, fuck yeah, I want to share those stories. But also, I think the more meaningful stories that are really going to resonate and connect with people are the people that are going through it because everyone that's listening, typically they're going they're through going it. Through it. Exactly. So when you hear other people that are going through it and you hear what they're going through and how they're getting themselves out of it and moving forward (laughs) that's the shit that's going to resonate with you that's the real shit you're you're so right so those are the people that i actually want to talk to all right right so danny then you know you personally um how what type of people do you surround yourself uh with you know in your personal life and how important is it to surround yourself with the right people, and I, I can't even define right, you know. But um, you yeah. know, what do you what do you think right is, and what do you think right right is? I mean, what I think right is is you know you want people that show you love, you know, that genuinely love you. Yeah. And when I say that, I mean that there's no jealousy, there's no envy, there's no, um, there's no secret resentment. 
you know people that really genuinely want to see you do well people that really care about you that really support you unconditionally that really love you that really believe in you that also believe in you before you believe in yourself those are the type of people i think it's very important to surround yourselves around and not everybody um, is lucky enough to have those blessings but um, i am and i have some of those people in my life and i think it's very significant to have those type of people because you're gonna have weak moments you're gonna have um those times where you're confused or lost or you feel sad or you feel depressed or you feel like, you know, hopeless. And, you know, you need to be around those people, the right people, my definition of the right okay. people, um, that don't allow you to define yourself under what you're currently experiencing. Rather, you know, help you see yourself in a bigger light, which is, look, you know, you're amazing. We love you. We're connected to you. We believe in you. We know you're talented. We know you're gifted. We know you can get this done. We know you're going to figure this out. If there's anything we can do to help you, you can tap into our resources. Like, those are the type of friends and family you want around you. you right, know? right. So you want good, caring people. But how how important is success, you know, for, for your friends, for your crowd, for your circle? How important is your success? What is that way in? Success meaning monetary, financial, stability, success. Like me in general? Well, well, you or, know, if you're going to surround yourself with people, with somebody, do they have to be financially successful? No, no, or, no, no, or, no, no, or, no, no, no. Or stable, stable, more stability? No. You know, uh, where does that weigh in, um, in against being just a good caring person i know that trumps everything yeah like right. for me and i know this is gonna contradict like so many people that you hear online and so many people that tell stories and so many people that are like you know take your five best friends add up their incomes and you'll be and take the average and you'll be five that, to ten percent right you know right, all that right. bullshit that's no are, yeah. i don't i don't believe in that you know one of my best friends in the world honestly is is a custodian yeah. and he owns his home he owns his car uh, he takes care of his kids and he's really happy and he's someone that I actually turn to anytime I'm having a problem or my wife and I are arguing and I need to get perspective. He's someone that I call another one of my best friends in the world is out in L.A. You know, he's an actor, writer, director, uh, film producer. You know, he's had his ups and downs and his challenges and, you know, he's not. He's not wealthy by any means, but he does well. You know, I have another friend that owns a restaurant and I have another friend that's, you know, starting a company right now. So none of those things um, monetarily, it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that these guys are happy, that they're living their dream, that they're doing what they love. And, and these guys are the guys that I turn to, um, you know, when I, you know, when I, when I need help, right. you that's, know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. I never judge a man or a woman by the amount of money they make. That doesn't mean yeah, shit. Right. Your heart is what means anything yeah. and everything. Yeah, you a know. lot of times money could do the wrong thing. Yeah, you know, it could do the wrong thing to your heart. I love money. It doesn't smell. Uh, I like to make right. as much of it as possible. Not, but not for the reasons like most people want. You know, like I just like for me, like you know, to be rich, to be wealthy, it would be to spend more time with my family, to go out to really nice dinners all the time, and to you know, and to travel. It wouldn't be to you know per se you know, have a Bentley or have a private jet or, right. you know, have all custom suits, you know, right. like I don't need that stuff. You know, right. I, I may, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't have a, you know, I may not have a lot, but I have a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, blessings come in a lot of different disguises. You know, you never really know it until it's right in front of you, and sometimes you still don't know it. You know, yeah. but when you realize you have it, then you are blessed. You know, and you. You know, the older I get, I'm 43 years old now, and you know, I work, and you know, we go out with other couples. We, you meet couples, for example. Let me just give you an example. Um, you know, me and my wife been we've been together 20 years. Uh, we recently celebrated our 16 year anniversary. And okay, and she, that, that's a blessing right yeah, there. That's a super like blessing. She's yeah. she's legit, legit, legit. She's my best friend in the world. Mm. Like I really love my wife, you know, and I'm really, really attracted to her, and I'm, I'm really in love with my wife. I mean, like, I have never in my life, in my life, I'm telling you this right now, I have never ever been loved so much by someone in my life. She loves me so much that it helps me love myself. 
You know mm. what I'm saying? More. You know what I'm saying? So she's giving me two beautiful girls. So, like, what I'm saying is, like, I've been out with couples that I just know they don't have what I have. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and they play it off like they have what we have. But, I mean, they may have a lot more money than me. They might have what, you know, they consider success. But, I mean, i rather have what I have and not have, I guess, the superficial things that they have. Right. Um, any day of the week, I'd rather have what I have. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So I'm wealthy in, in different ways. I'm rich in different ways. And sure. The older I get, the more I realize, like, realize how blessed I am just in that department alone. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So that's the way I look at and it. And that's what's important, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the important stuff, you know? So, yeah. Um, so now, Danny, do you keep a journal? You know, it's funny you ask that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I never really did. And... Uh, and I recently started to more so, more so because I have a lot of thoughts that come to mind, and so I like to write down those thoughts now. And I realize sometimes too that I might have things that are bothering me, or I might feel overwhelmed, or I might feel stressed, and I don't exactly, I'm, you know, sometimes I'm unable to pinpoint or identify what it is. And so I'll take out a book, I'll take out a journal. I have my notebook right there, actually. Mm. And, and I'll just start writing, you know? And the crazy thing is, is like, I'll have nothing to write about. I'll just start writing. And then all of a sudden, I get flooded with all of these thoughts and feelings. And I, and I, and I write them down. And then it turns into me talking to myself, almost. Like, it's like I give myself, you know, like pep talks. And I talk to myself now more than I ever have like somebody that I love you know like I treat myself now the way I treat people that I love which I was never ever doing before I've always been very hard on myself um I've been abusive to myself I've, I've really I've really made myself feel bad about myself and I should have never done that you know I've I used to say really terrible things to myself and um I don't want to live like that anymore. You know, I, I want to feel good. I want to feel loved. And uh, it's super important to just speak to yourself and be gentle and to be loving and to continue to tell yourself to have faith and to believe and to know that everything's going to be okay and everything's an experience and everything that you're going through is just going to make you stronger. And that when you have a negative thought, to accept it, but pivot immediately with something better. Right. Because when you have a negative thought, it just, for me, it, it's then another one and another one and another yeah, one before yeah. I know it. Yeah, you start it. to dwell right there yeah. in that negative space. And yeah, before yeah. you know it, you're fucked. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be fucked. I want to be on the up and up. I want to feel mm. good. I want my girl to feel good. I want my daughters to feel good. I want, you know, when I'm in the presence of somebody, I want them to walk away and be like, man, I want to carry myself like that fucking guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I want to, yeah. like, touch people. I have a very healing energy. I want to heal people that are around me. I want them to feel good. I want them to know that whatever they're going through that day, that there's somebody here, they're not alone, that they're loved, and that um, this is just an experience we're having here. It's a temporary physical experience. We're go. all a piece of God. We're all... You know, we're all this soul attached to this physical body and we're all timeless and ageless. And, you know, this is our moment here. And, you know, don't take it so hard and don't take it so serious. Don't make yourself feel bad. It's easy to get caught up, especially when you live in New York and you're around wealth and you're around success. And, you know, you're around people that measure you up all the time. You know, mm. it's all bullshit. Right, right. Okay, it's, yeah, yeah. I I hear you. I hear you. That's Many interesting points there that you just spoke about. But now, do you spend a lot of time alone or do you spend most of your time with other people? I know you spend a lot of time with your family, but, you know, your, your time alone, is that alone alone or is that with other people? No, um, I spent a lot of time uh, before COVID. You know, in my business, you have to be incredibly social. And uh, so I spent a lot of time out. You know, especially, you know, in between appointments and breakfast and lunch and dinner and, you know, going out at night and things like that. It's important to, you know, to meet people and, you know, to make contacts and have resources to be able to build your business. You know, it's like it's part of the game. You have to do it. And, um, you know, once COVID happened, obviously, you know, everyone had to slam the brakes. So 
what happened was I, I was really, I, I took that time and, you know, I self-reflected and I found that I was spending a lot of time with the people who weren't right. You know, the people that, uh, that should have been given, that I shouldn't have been giving my time to, you know? And, uh, and I just realized that I got to spend my time with number one people who are good and show me love and I show them love. But I, yes, I do. To answer your question, I, I spent a lot of time alone. Yes. Away from the family as well. But why do you think you were spending, why were you spending time with the wrong people? It's not so much the wrong people. It was just like, it just spending time out and just being around people, being around acquaintances, not being around, not being around, you know, I don't want to say people that would benefit me, but like not being around just like the, the right positive energy, the right feeling, right, you know what I'm saying? Right. That was good for me. That's good for my soul. We all have a different nature. You know what I'm saying? Like my nature, I'm a sensitive person. I'm an emotional person. I, you know, I'm, I feel, I feel deeply, you know what I'm saying? So I can't change that about who I am. You know what I'm saying? That's who I am. Right. I could never change that because that's my nature. You know what I'm saying? You're a cancer too. Yes. So you get what I'm saying. I totally get what you're saying. And I yes. think I spent a lot of time in my life going against the grain with that because I thought that I had to be a different person in different ways to professionally to get to the levels that I wanted to get. And what I realized was I don't have to do that. I just need to be myself. I just need to be myself and just understand that this is my nature. This is the way... The universe made me. This is whatever you believe. This is the way God made you, Krishna, Buddha, whatever you believe in. This is the way I was made. This is this is what I was meant to be. So yes, I spend time alone now because what I realize is is that I I take a lot of long walks. I I write in my journal. I I listen to fucking Mac Miller. I love Mac Miller, <laughs> you know. But I just really spend time alone because I'm able now to just I meditate a lot. I pray, you know, like I get myself quiet, I get my mind quiet, and I just try to get to, get to a place where where I can hear, where I can hear yeah, my intuition. Is, yeah, this is sidebar. What does that What does that do for you? You know, like what? Give me some examples of um what that what the benefits are for you for meditation and prayer. Well, for one thing, um, it's bought me a tremendous amount of peace. Um, it's it's made me calmer. Um, it's helped me uh, more with regards to being patient. Um, but the biggest thing is, is is just getting really quiet and getting still. I think that I lack that my entire life, and it's been over a year and a half where I haven't missed a day of meditation. Um, wow. But the biggest thing for me, and also why the journal came up, is you know when you go into that space, you can start, you know, asking questions, asking for guidance, asking for direction, and. Uh, the universe and God has very uh, beautiful ways of giving you signs of answers to those questions, for example, or signs of whether you're taking the right path or whether you aren't. So a big purpose of me having that book is that when I, when I see a sign or I feel a sign or somebody says something to me that touches me in a different way, I write it down so I can remember, okay, this is the question I asked in meditation. This is one of the answers that came, you know, so I can continue going in the right direction and the right path. I'm very spiritual in that way. Not religious, but spiritual. Gotcha, gotcha. Does that gotcha. make sense? That totally makes yeah. sense. I'm like a completely yeah. different person. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm having an out-of-body experience yeah. right now. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm listening to myself. I'm like, man, you sound different. But yeah. You know, I'm happier. I'm happier yeah, because yeah, of it. That, 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 that's, that's awesome. That's awesome that you're able to get to this place. Um, let me ask you this. Um, is, it, are you able, is it hard for you to ask for help? Not spiritually, not help from God, you know, not help from, you know, whatever being or meditation, but to ask another person for help. Yeah, very, very hard. Um it's been one of the hardest things for me in my life, um, more so professionally than personally. You know, personally, it's been easier because, you know, when, you, like, for example, like when you have a wife that you love and, and you respect and, 
you trust her opinion and she knows you probably better than you know yourself, it's easy to say, listen, I need to talk to you. I need help. Like right, right. having these feelings. So that's your go-to for help, right? Oh, for sure. Yes. And my friends, yeah. you know, and my friends. I could be vulnerable. Right, I could right. be really, really vulnerable with them. I don't have to feel embarrassed. I don't have to feel weak. I can ask them for help. You know what I'm saying? Now, professionally, that's another story, you know, and, and that's the most important thing. Like I've always, I've always said like, you know, one of the biggest things that I say every day in business is, can you help me? But I don't mean that kind of help. When I say, can you help me? It means like, you know, can you help me? Can you refer me business right, or, right, you know, right, right, which right. I don't think is a big deal. I think when it comes to work and it comes to professional, like if you're going through a really hard time or, you know, the sales aren't coming in or, you know, you're in between, you're just in a weird place, you're in a lull and you don't know if you're going to come out of it. Like that kind of help to be right. like, yo, um, can you help me? And, right. and someone else that's in your profession and you've done really well and for the most part those people think like you do really well so why would you even like need to ask those are the things that I always had challenges with but I've been asking for help like when I need it you know what I'm saying and sure. I did so recently yeah yeah I recently went uh, and I asked for help and I felt so uncomfortable and I didn't like the way it felt at all in yeah. fact I left what, the, what, what happened there I mean, it wasn't anything crazy. You know, I was going through a slow time and, and I know what I need to do to like get myself back to a place where I'm busier. I know I know everything I need to do. But I also figured maybe there's some things that other people are doing that I'm not doing. So let me see. And so the initial meeting I had uh, where I asked for the help, they were basically telling me, and these are people that I really respect and I love and I know they have my best intention at heart. Um, but they were telling me things that I already knew. And I felt like, you know, why did I put myself out like that and ask for help? And basically the information I got was shit that I already know, you know. Right. But then we had a follow-up meeting. I was apprehensive. I went to this follow-up meeting. And so many good things and helpful advice and information came out of it that is really going to give me and my partner, Alana, a boost that I was like, Wow. I'm really happy I asked for help, you know? Yeah. And so I know it's okay because the truth is, like, people ask me for help all the time. And I give it unconditionally, especially to the people that I love, you know? Um, and also in the past, like, you know, people have asked me for money, you know? And I've given them money too, especially if it's somebody mm. I love or they're going through a hard time, you know? I don't really concern myself, like, can they pay me back or not? Like, I love you. I'm going to help you. If I have it, it's yours. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I have to be okay if I ever need help. You know, thank God I'm okay. Knock on wood. My, you know, my my bills are paid for. My credit's good. Yeah. Everybody's eating. There's food on the table. We got health insurance. We got a car. We own a cash. Like, you know, things are good. I can't complain. And you know, maybe I want to be at a higher level than I am. But the truth is, like, there's always going to be somebody that wishes you know, they were where I am right now. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So, like, I'm always aware of that, and I'm super grateful. But I'm just saying, like, I tell myself, Danny, I write it down, it's okay. It's okay because you do those things for others too. It's okay that, you know, if you have a moment, if that ever comes, that you can do that. You can ask, and those people will be there for you, and you have nothing to feel bad about or ashamed about. And I think that's something people should be aware of, and I think that's something that has to do with our season and this podcast, is that there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. I don't need your fucking representative in front of me. If you're going to come into this studio and I'm going to interview you, if you're not going to be 100% authentic and you're not going to be vulnerable and you're not going to be open and you're not going to say anything that brings value to the people that are listening to you, but you want to come here and just talk about how good you are and how successful you are, get the fuck out of here. I don't even mm -hmm. want you in here right? because I don't want to waste my time. And I don't want to waste, more importantly, the people who are listening to this. I don't want to waste their time because I've been in that place where, like, I'm reading all these self-development books and I'm reading Wayne Dyer. I'm reading Deepak Chopra. I'm reading Tony you know, Robbins. <laughs> Tony Robbins. You know what I'm saying? Like, all, all those guys. You know, Napoleon Hill. And yeah. I'm going to seminars and I'm trying yeah. to interview all these successful people and how they got successful. But, like, none of those... You know, there's so many great people, and a lot of those people are great people, but, like, there's also a lot of people that just want to make a dollar off of you and tell you what you want to hear and tell you what you need to hear or only give you enough information for you to get so far where they can capture and monetize you on you more. You know what I'm saying? I'm not yeah. trying to do that. Like, 
I'm trying to like help you. Like I genuinely want you to hear these conversations with people that you would have never had, that you wouldn't have access to. Like think about last season, for example, we had uh, Amir Korengi, you know, owner, publisher of The Real Deal. Real Deal That's yes. crazy. You know, we had Sam Nazarian who, you know, at the time was still owned, uh, you know, SBE and all the hotels. You in know, Atl- like Atlantic City, right? No, in in, in uh, Vegas. yeah, everywhere in actually, Vegas, yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. worldwide. But like, who who would have access to be able to have a conversation with those people, and you'd be able to listen in on that? Best Friedman, CEO BHS. When do you have access to Best to talk to her and hear from her? You know, we had so many like great people that we've spoken to that otherwise my listeners, our listeners, would never have had the opportunity to learn from or right. hear from. And so that's what I think makes us special. Exactly. And to hear their story, not not what you they want you to see, but their inside story of how they got from point A to point Z. Yeah. You remember Taylor Spellman? She was a great interview last season, man. She hustled, you know, she she built a firm, she got on TV. This is what she wanted. I mean, that girl used to like take like quarters out of her fucking couch to be able to buy a pizza to feed her for the day and literally cut it into like thirds for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner just to get through her day. Look at her now. She's a fucking rock star. Amazing. You know what I'm saying? Amazing. But those are real stories, man. That's what like people deserve to hear. They don't deserve to see your fucking, you know, three-piece suit and, you know, with your sneakers on and and like posing, you know, in front of an Instagram photo, not even looking at the frame. You know what I'm saying? Like right. that's all bullshit, man. I'm tired of that shit. I don't want my kids growing up to that right. bullshit. I want them growing up to real people that have heart, that have soul, that care. You know, that's the America that I grew up in. Right, right, right. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, exactly. You care for your neighbor. You work fucking hard. You give it everything you got. You get rewarded. That's what America is. That's what it is. You know what I'm saying? That's what I want to see in my country now. That's what I want people to feel when they come to the Nasty Podcast. Right, right. And do you think that, that that that's a theme that runs through all of your interviews of the people that have gone from basically from zero to hero yeah you know um do you think you know like like give me a couple of the themes that are like uh, that is you know common in all of these people i think the common theme in a lot of the people that we've interviewed number one number one number one is kindness man they're kind people they're good people Number two is nobody. No, none, none of these people were assholes. No, you know, and they could have been. I mean, you know, you would interview an asshole. Yeah, right. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. You know, would, but none I, of them were, were assholes. I mean, the only chance of an asshole ever coming in here is if like somebody introduces me to them and I didn't catch that they were an asshole, like when I Facetime or like have a quick meeting with them before bringing them in here. Right. That's the only way. Number two, a theme that they all have in common is passion. They're all really fucking passionate. And number three, in some shape, way, or form, they wanted to make whatever craft or whatever they were doing better for others. I think those are the three themes that like have always stuck out most to mm. me, to the people that we've had in here that we interview. But they all have very unique gifts and 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 things about their personality so season two like when you're getting into this don't 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 get sold and don't get you know clouded by their success listen to the people listen to them listen to how they speak listen to how they carry themselves listen to their stories listen to how they tell them that's where you're gonna get those like nuggets of like gold like if you want something out of it you know what i'm saying right that's yeah. the way I would say go into this season. And like if you're going to listen, like if this is going to be the intro, you know, right? So if I was you, the listener, you know, and I can't tell you how to do this, but I would really prefer it. And the reason why I did this differently this year instead of doing like one at a time and putting them out and just putting a whole season out at once is that I want the listener to go through these interviews one after another in numerical order. Like ideally that's the way I wish they would do it only because that's the way the universe and God provided these interviews. Cause there's a lot of people that I reached out to that were like, no, or that didn't respond or that didn't feel comfortable that I felt like were amazing fits. But 
the universe provided us with the right people in its special order of people, and I believe that's the way we should put it out, in that order. That's awesome. I think there's a reason that's for awesome. that. That's awesome, yes, 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 that's definitely awesome. Danny, as far as you personally, what are some of the things that you feel um, you can progress, you know, you could do better to progress, you know, personally and professionally? Um, I think more than anything is, um, is patience. I need to learn to be more patient. Um, that's number one, professionally uh, and personally. And number two, professionally, my biggest thing is I really have to learn, Lee, how to separate emotion from the transaction. You know, I really care about people and I really love the people that I work with. And I'm always, I've always been very honest, you know, like there's times that people shouldn't be buying and people shouldn't be selling and they think that they should be. And I'll tell them not to. And, and that hurts my pocket. Believe me, it does. But in the long run, you know, it's the loyalty, it's the honesty, it's the love that I give that, you know, keeps them coming back and also, you know, blessing me with like, you know, referrals and people in their sphere of influence. But I would say those are the two most important things that I really want to change about myself is being more patient and uh, taking the emotion out of the transaction. You know, I, I would be a lot more successful also if I had the ability, I don't want to say to be fake, but to just be able to be myself as best as I could around people that I really don't uh, feel connected or bonded to in business. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I have a question for you on that because I kind it hurts of, me. Yeah, it I hurts kind, me. I kind of deal with the same thing because you know I try to be a very genuine person as well. You know, but you know, do you think that um, you know maybe because you put emotion into it and you keep it, you know you keep everything real that maybe you don't close as many deals but but you know in the long term you know over the long term you get longer you get closer and you know a better clientele I get longevity and I get better clientele being who I am but it also takes a hell of a lot more patience because being the nice guy, being the honest guy isn't what's going to help you be monetarily. Well, I shouldn't say that because in the long run you are, but. Yeah, but I, I totally get what you're saying. But you know, for what I you need answer, right now. Yeah. You know, I want to answer yeah. the first part of your question, though, because yeah. the answer to the first part of your question is 150%. I hurt myself. It hurts my business. Not like I'm going to say it this way, but I don't I don't. I'm going to choose the wrong words. I'm not articulating this the right way. But what I'm trying to say is, is that my business hurts because I can't be fake as fuck. If you have the ability to be fake, separate the emotion and be fake, okay? And that's probably not the right word. So that's what I'm saying. Uh -huh. I'm not articulating the right word, but I'm just going to say for argument's sake, I'm going to use the word fake. If I had a better ability of being fake... I would do so much more fucking business. And so what I'm trying to learn and what I'm trying to grasp and what I'm trying to progress in is finding a way to finding like a common ground where, listen, I don't have to like you. I don't have to love you, but I have to find a way that I could still do a transaction with you, even though the emotions and feelings aren't, you know, what I typically want in a transaction and in a relationship with someone you know what i'm saying i have to learn to be like you know what this is just a transaction i'm not going to take this personal i'm not going to be emotional i'm not going to be friends with them afterwards we're not going to love one another you know what i'm saying and like there's a lot of people in my business that just fucking kill it because they know how to separate the two that's my biggest challenge it's it's hurt me for years you know i have to overcome this i have to find a way to be able to do a transaction and not give a shit as much as I give a shit. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. would be a better business person that way. It hurts me. It hurts my business. So so uh, just to give an example of what we're talking about, I, I think, is that just say um, uh, uh, you have a product, you have something that you're charging uh, $10,000. Just pick a number, $10,000. But the value you know, could be as low as $500. And you've got a client on the line that's ready to go. No, and, um, that's not what I'm saying. And, and they and they are not in the position to pay that large amount, and they're great people, 
you know, are you going to just go ahead and take the 10000 from them? Or are you going to make them a deal? Are you going to tell them, no, look, that's not you're what not going to get your better value? No, that's not what I'm or, saying here. Yeah. That's, that's, okay. just, that's just straight dishonesty. No, okay. I'm not saying uh, that at all. Okay. What I'm all saying right. is, is that, you know, I have circles of people where they do really well. They're very successful. They make money. And most of the people that they hang out with do really well, make money, and are very successful. So if you want to grow in the sales business, any sales business, you got to get around people who are above you, who are doing better than you, sure. that are more successful than you. Yes. And then you have to break into their sphere of influences. What I'm saying is a lot of those people, I find them deeply insecure and deeply jaded and, and, and very... Um, and very uncomfortable with themselves. So a lot of times when you meet these type of people, um, there's this false self that they're representing and they get very insecure and they feel that they have to tell you what they've done, what they have and you know all the things that they do. And what I'm saying is I have to be able to be better because you're not going to impress me by the shit you got. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to yeah. impress me by how much money you have. You're not going to impress me by the car you drive, the watch you wear. None of that shit phases me okay i grew up with a lot of that shit okay it doesn't mean anything to me what means something to me is the human being that you are are you a good human being are you kind are you loving do you give do you help when you can but what i'm saying is aside from that like when a lot of times you meet these type of people lee and you have to just go with it you have to just go with it especially if you want the business and you want to get to know them and you want to get to know their people you have to just let that shit go and that's yeah. my problem that's the problem that i've had is okay danny let that go let them be who they are, befriend them, and get into getting a transaction with them. You right. know what I'm saying? Sure. That's been my biggest weakness. Gotcha. That's what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. Okay. All right, Danny, um, what do you do when you're out of harmony with yourself and you're, you know, like things just aren't vibing for you? The first thing I do is there's several things I do. Number one, meditation is a big part of that. So I meditate and... Uh, I ask for guidance, and then I also pray, and I get myself nice and quiet. I listen to motherfucking Mac Miller, because he makes me feel good. He's just got so many different tracks, you know, whether it's jazz or rap or singing. You can't put that man under his own genre. May he rest in peace. My favorite musician. Uh, so I listen to him. Um, I definitely go out for walks. I spend time alone. I get myself quiet. Um, or I also just change it up, you know, I'll go out with my girl, I'll go party for a night, I'll have a good time just to get myself, you know, not thinking about what I might be thinking about, or whatever keeps me out of the harmony of, you know, the grace of the universe. Um, and usually when I do that, or, or, or really talk to somebody that I care about, or love, or that I feel inspired by, or, you know, it could even be as little as, you know, being in line and having a conversation with a stranger and the eye contacts there and there's this energy and you know it's a surprisingly nice exchange uh so things like that and and you know and writing in the journal you know right. those things get me back to tapping in awesome 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 now what are some of the positive changes that you've had uh going through covid I think the biggest thing was, you know, I was able to get quiet. I was able to self-reflect. I was able to really spend time with my family. I was able to really understand what was important versus what wasn't important. I was able to shut all the noise off. Like, you know, we discussed during the season how, you know, I had like six, 7,000 followers on Instagram and I got rid of <coughs> that account and I started reading a lot more. Um, and I really just was able to realize what's important to me. Uh, what I want to accomplish, you know, who I love, who I want to spend my time with, how I want to spend my time, um, who I want around me, uh, the type of the type of person I want to be, the type of husband I want to be, the type of father I want to be. Um, I want to be a better father. I'm a great father, but I want to be a better father. I want to be more patient. I want to be more understanding. Um... I want to communicate better with my kids, you know. I want to give everything I can to my wife, anything that I haven't been able to give her because I want to be able to give her the world. Um, I want to be a really good friend to Anthony, to Vin, to Chester, to Sam, to Josh, to Alon. Um, I want to be able to leave the earth when I leave the earth 
with people thinking he was such a good man. He was such a good person. He was so loving. He really cared about me. I'll never have a friend like him again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the legacy I want to leave. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Danny, to wrap it all up, and uh, this will coincide as well. So now, um, just say hypothetically, you know, now you've had a great life. Now you're on your deathbed, and you have one golden nugget that you have to give, you know, to everybody. To you're bringing world. us some last season, last question <laughs> shit. That's how you're going to start season two with the fucking season one last question yeah, shit. Well, I kind of revised it a little bit though here too, you know. Right. So, yeah, you got one one golden nugget, you know, that you're going to give to the world. What is that going to be? It would be treat everyone uh, in your family, in your friendships, in your circle, in your business treat every conversation like it's the last conversation you would ever have with them. All right. And there it is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the man himself, Danny Nassie for the Danny Nassie podcast. Lee Evans here. We're about to sign out. Hold on. Before you guys go, um, I did get back on Instagram. And if you want to get with me or you feel like there's someone I should interview or if you feel like you're a person I should interview, um, you can get at me at Nassi Podcast, N-A-S-S-I Podcast, at Nassi Podcast. I'm back on, so um, I'd love to see you there. You know I'm always down to connect. I'm always reading the DMs, the comments, responding. Um, so I'm really excited about this. I really put my heart, my soul, and everything into this season, and I really feel like it's special, and I really feel like it's going to really touch you guys and really help you guys. And and I really, really hope you love it as much as I love it. And if you don't, uh, that's fucked up. But I fucking love it. And uh, and I know Lee loves it. And uh, and I really hope you enjoy the journey this season. And uh, we're going to keep on fucking, you know, putting it out there for you, doing interviews. And just we're just going to keep going because it's important and, uh, and we want to help. All right, all right, all right. And just for... Um our creds, you know, the uh, podcast is being recorded here at Jambox Entertainment Studios with yours truly, Lee Evans, and the Danny Nassie Podcast. We're signing out. All right. Yeah.